as well. But, you know, I don't know about you and your family, but uh, we, we love board games. Does anyone like board games here? I am in the right place. Sometimes people go, no, I don't like board games. And you're like, okay, well, my whole message is irrelevant then if that's the case. But we love board games. And uh, we love games like Settlers of Catan. Does anyone like that game? All my friends over this side like that game. And, you know, Risk and, you know, not mamby-pamby games where, you know, we just all be nice to each other. Something actually happens to our family when we begin to play these board games. That, you know, we're all really lovely people. I'd like to think that we're lovely. And you've met my husband. He was here, I think, February, wasn't it? And I've got a son who's nearly 20 uh, next week and another son who's 15. But we're nice people. I'd like to think that. But when we get the board game out, something happens to us. We get so competitive. And, you know, my whole family, we like a bit of good sledging, you know. It's just like it's really bad what's in their heart that just comes out. I'd like to say I'm not part of that, but I absolutely am. We actually had to ban Paul from playing board games at any staff event because he was so cruel to our staff that they'd see him preaching on a Sunday or doing a devotion with the staff and then he'd go into board game mode. And they couldn't reconcile the two people. And so we actually had to go, that's it, Paul, you are out. I remember one girl, he'd go, you just don't have a life. Your life is awful. You're, you're nothing. And I'd go, you can't do that to a staff member who's, maybe struggling in those areas all to get a win on the board something happens and it's quite evil and I want to speak to you today hear my heart today but I want to speak to you you know about having a spirit of conquest today a spirit that just says we're not just going through life, but actually something that rises up within us to go, you know what, let's go and do something significant for God. Let's actually take some territory. Let's have some dominion in our lives. Let's do something significant. You know, when my mum used to play board games with my kids when they were little, like rummicums and all those kind of cute games, she would let them win. It's such a nana thing to do, but she would go, oh, I just don't want them to get disappointed well who knows when a teenager who's let the grandmothers let them win all their life actually plays a real game with someone and they actually realize I'm not as good as I actually thought and mum goes let him win I go mum I'm not letting him win he needs to toughen up and learn what the real world is all about and sometimes we can do a disservice if we just think we're just having a nice time. And I'm all for a nice time. But I really believe your next season as a church and as individuals and even for your movement, it's time to have a spirit of conquest that actually walks forward and goes, you know what, I'm going to take some territory for God. And I'm not just talking about physical territory. I'm talking about in my life. I'm going to see the promises of God come to pass. Those words that have been spoken, it's time to walk into the fulfillment and the fullness of those in our life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. All right, we'll have a board game later, all right? Do you know my son, when he first started basketball, I'll never forget it. He was awful, like just awful. But he had passion and heart. And I tell you what, I'll take passion and heart any day. And he thought he was a legend. That's a really good place to be in life. And I remember one day they were playing this team and uh, the opposition were really good. And my son, he's probably about seven at the time, he walked up to their best player. Now remember, he's not a good player, but he thinks he is. And he walks up to their best player and he looks at him and he does this. He's like, 
And he does the attitude and he walks off. And I'm going, what the heck was that? He goes, I'm telling him I'm onto him and I'm going to be watching him the whole game. I said, don't ever do that again. That is embarrassing. And we need some people. Not to just go, well, you know, but to actually eyeball the things of, you know, the enemy has come against us. He go, you know what? I'm onto you. I know what's happening and I'm going to play my best because God has got incredible things for me. Everybody say amen. All right, we will get into the Bible. Let's look at Joshua chapter 1. If you're there, I think we've got the scriptures there on the screen as well. And it says this, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. There's a word for someone this morning. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We need to have a spirit of conquest. And, you know, what you've got to understand, here are the Israelites. And for 40 years, they've been in a wilderness. And God's trying to get a hold of them to actually understand it's about to change. You're going to have to leave your wilderness thinking behind to actually embrace every promise that I have for you. What you've got to understand, in the wilderness for 40 years, everything was done for them. There was manna in the morning. I just get up, I open my tent flap and there's my breakfast. You know, we're talking about very basic things that were done for them in the wilderness. It talks about their clothes and their shoes never wore out, which would be a tragedy for me really. But anyway, could have an excuse to buy clothes sometimes. But all these things happen. They need water, there's water. We need meat, there's meat. And they've had this mentality for 40 years. And now God's wanting to prepare them. You go, you want to walk into your promises. You've got to understand, we're not just opening the door and you, there's your promise, friends. Take a promise. Which promise would you like? They have to actually now go to war for the promises of God in their life. And so often we can get stuck in a wilderness mentality, go, just give it to me. Just give it to me, God. And we don't understand sometimes for the things that we really want to see in our life, for the breakthroughs we really want to see in our life, for those kids we're really believing and to come back into the house of God, we've got to go to war with the promises of God. We've got to have a spirit of conquest, not sitting back going, feed me, clothe me, do it for me, God. And there was a whole transition. And he kept saying to Joshua, you have to lead these people from a wilderness mindset into a warrior 
promise-taking group of people, you're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to see my hand at work. So we need to get a word and we actually have to go to war with it. You've got to understand when they got to the promised land, they didn't stand there and go, well, it's ours. And they didn't just march in and go, hi, promise, this is our land. No, no, they had to fight for it. You know, the enemies there, the territory that were holding the territory then, they didn't just walk in and go, oh, here you are. We've been waiting 40 years. Come on in, Israelites. Come on in. Why don't you come on in? Where would you like to live? We'll move out and you can take the land. That didn't happen. And yet so often in our lives, we're sitting there, God, why haven't you given it to me? God, why isn't that happening in my life? God, I just want you to give it to me. And there are absolutely times God pours those things into your life. But I really believe that as the church, we really need to get activated to lay hold of the promises of God and to go, you know what? We're going in. We're going in. We're going to take what God has declared over our lives. You know, I remember when um, we started our church and we had a prophetic word over our church. And uh, who loves a good prophetic word? Me. Anyway, and the prophetic word was look north to the south, the east, uh, west, whatever your eye shall see, which is where I see comes from. And then people go, oh, I see. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that should be your land. And we went, oh, that's so awesome. That's a great word. I love that word. That's encouraging. But no one tells you the little processes you're going to have to go through to start laying hold of the word of God in your life. No one told me it would cost me. Like money, time, energy. No one tells you those kind of things. No one tells you you'll be in a fight with your council over land and issues like that. No one told us that we'd have a flood that would destroy a building. You know, no one told us all those things that you'd have to release some of your best people into greater calls of God to do awesome things. And so often we can go, I want the promise. Give me my promise, God. And yet we're not willing to actually step into the promised land. The promised land had incredible fruit and it had incredible blessing. But there were giants and there were things to take. There were cities that were fortified. And I just kind of really felt this word on my heart today. It's time for Connect Church to have a spirit of conquest. You've been blessed. You've been blessed. But this isn't it. There are so many more promises of God to actually walk in. And I want to say to you, yeah, we can praise God for that. I want to say to you as well, as individuals, as families today. There are the promises of God to walk into. And sometimes we can go, oh, but there's opposition. My friends, I really believe promises and opposition go together. Let's go and lay hold of those promises regardless of the opposition. We're leaving the wilderness and we're stepping into the promised land. And so for just a few moments, I want to unpack what this means to have a spirit of conquest. Are you ready today? Right. The first thing is this. If you want to have a spirit of conquest, you've got to understand the seasons may change. But the purposes and the promises of God always remain. Think about Joshua. Here he is. I love how God does transition. God literally says to Joshua, Moses is dead. You're it. Imagine if we did that in a church. Like they're gone. They're it. Deal with it, church. It probably wouldn't go very well. But here's God saying, and what was he actually saying? Moses is dead, Joshua. 
the promise hasn't changed. The purpose still remains. The season may have changed, but we're still heading in the same direction. And I want to encourage you today, maybe your seasons have changed. Maybe you haven't seen the promise come to pass yet. Can I tell you, promises and the purposes of God always remain. Don't look at your season and allow the season to dictate to you what God is actually doing in this season. And so often we can interpret what's going on. Well, no, that's not for me anymore. It was, but it's not for me anymore. Can I encourage you? Don't allow the season to speak louder than the promise of God for your life. Because so often the season says it will never happen. Your kids will never come to God. You will never see that financial breakthrough. And we go, no, no. Is that God's purpose for my life? No. So let's actually allow the purpose and the promise of God to speak into our situation, not just the seasons. If you actually imagine Joshua was born into slavery. He was a slave. And we have this young man about to lead people into something he's never experienced before. Born in Egypt, lived in the wilderness for 40 years. And yet he had a sense that there was a promise of God, even though every season of his life was against that very promise. Born into Egypt, walked in the wilderness, and yet there was an understanding that God's promises always prevail. And I want us to lean into, in this season, the promises of God more than the circumstances. And so often we lean into the circumstances, go, but you don't know what's going on in my life. I go, yeah, I don't. But I guarantee we could all tell a story of some of the circumstances that have come against us. But can I encourage you in those seasons, lean into the promise. Don't let your circumstances speak into those situations. You know, when we took on this church on the north side of Brisbane, it's a church with actually really rich heritage. And uh, I remember when my husband went to the pastor and he actually had this conviction that he should go to all the previous senior pastors and actually ask them, what was in your heart? What was in your heart for this church? Like Paul knew what God had put in his heart for this church. And so he meets the first one who'd handed over and he says, I saw this. And Paul goes, that's incredible. That's what I see for this church. Then he went a few back and all the senior pastors that were still alive who'd ever been part of this church, he sat down, had coffee with them, blessed them. And he said, what did you see? And as they began to see, we saw this. Paul goes, isn't it amazing? Without talking with each other, we all saw the same thing for this church because the purposes of God remain. The promises of God are faithful. But let's not get locked into a season and go, well, it's winter and it's always going to be winter. My friends, let's step into the very promises that God has got for us. So important, so important. You know, um, for me, personally, for me, this has been a big one because when I was 22, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And it was a season for me that I literally couldn't walk. And uh, I've struggled with this for now, could have worked this one out, 26 years having rheumatoid arthritis, which affects other things in my body, autoimmune issues. And I remember when I first got diagnosed and I could hardly walk and they put me on incredibly strong pain medication where I was having blood tests all the time to check my liver function and all these other things. I actually went into such a spiral down for six weeks and never got out of my bed. 
And at the end of that, now Paul's trying to encourage me. We didn't have kids at this stage because basically don't even think about children. You'll be in a wheelchair by the time you're 30. Even came to a point, we don't know what to do with you anymore medication-wise. Um, we could try one more thing, but you'll go blind in the process of trying the medication. And that sent me out of that rheumatologist office, never to go back again. I went, I can't take this death being spoken over me all the time. And I literally hopped into bed and never got out for six weeks, just wept and cried. Go, what's the point? What are the promises worth when you're actually being given this kind of situation in your life? And for me, it was a journey. By the end of six weeks, my husband's so lovingly trying to speak life to me. I go, you're my husband. You're just saying that. It's really hard being a husband sometimes. You know, it's a tough gig, guys. I do get that. Because you go, you're just saying that because you're married to me. And he goes, of course I'm saying that because I'm married to you. But, you know, after six weeks, I just came to a point of revelation in the Word. I said, God, with arthritis or without arthritis, I am going to hold on to your promises for my life. With arthritis or without arthritis, I'm going to preach your word. With arthritis or without arthritis, I'm going to lead because I know that's what you've called me to do. And in that moment, nothing changed on the outside. But something in my heart says, you know what? Seasons may come and go, but God's promises remain. And I've journeyed for 26 years in this whole area. You know, I am virtually pain-free. There is no medication anymore. God has been so faithful to me. And I would love to say it happened overnight. It really didn't. But you know, there have been different seasons and something within us needs to rise up. This is this spirit of conquest that I'm talking about today, where you just have something rise up and you just go, you know what? Yeah, that's what the season says. But God is faithful to his promises and to his purposes. And I'm going for that. Amen. Amen. Okay, moving right along because we've got lots more to talk about. If you want to have a spirit of conquest, the second thing is this. This is really important. You've got to understand that taking territory is what we're called to do. I actually am horrified when I realize Christians don't even understand this. They go, but I'm okay. I've got what I need. I have, I'm saved. And we go, yeah, but there's so much more in God. We are called to take territory. Uh, it's a really important thing to understand. We're not called to get settled. We're not called to just camp down and just go, this is nice. Look at this. We've got that auditorium now. And I just love the heart of your pastors. All there. We're, now we're doing this next. Now we're doing this next. There should be a sense in the things of God. And I'm not talking about striving and working, but just a sense of we're called to take territory. We're called to have dominion in life. And what you've got to understand, you know, God says to Joshua, he actually says, wherever you set your foot will be land that I have given you. The problem with that is we have too many people who aren't moving. They go, well, God's given me this. Well, God wants to give you that. And he wants to give you that. And he wants to give you this bit over here as well. God wants you to set your foot in some places so he can actually give you that territory. And we just stand here and go, I'm happy here. Got my little, got my space, got my little territory. And I really want to awaken within you. Start beginning to extend the borders of your territory. What does that actually mean? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about physically. We go, oh, I've got to build a bigger house. 
It's none of those things. It's about having a capacity to believe for more in God. Maybe you've really never witnessed to someone before. Maybe you've never invited someone to church before. Oh, take a step. Say, God, give me that territory. Maybe you've never prayed for healing for someone in the workplace. And maybe you go, oh, God, I'm going to step into some new territory. Lord, would you pray? I'm going to see healing. Whatever it is, we need to be people who go, well, I've done that. I did it 20 years ago and it was great back then. My friends, we're just called to take territory. We've got to understand wherever you set your foot will be on land that God has given you. Can I encourage you, stir it up. Now, I don't know about you. My husband, it's probably the place he hates the most in the world. It's Ikea. Is anyone else out there? Any men out there who hate Ikea? You've got one in Auckland, haven't you? No, you don't have Ikea. You know what I'm talking about though, don't you? And do you know why my husband hates Ikea? Because he knows when I buy something at Ikea, it comes in a flat pack. And this is what usually happens. We go to Ikea on one day, we buy it, and then he goes, oh, well, we've been to Ikea today, Joe. Why don't we do it another day where we put it together? And I go, oh, no, 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 we do it today. And he goes, yeah, but I feel like that was the one thing we did today. Let's do it another day. And I go, no. And this is what happens. Well, I guess I'll have to do it myself then. Okay. And then I start putting this piece of furniture together. And this is what happens. Oh, my gosh, this is so hard. And I make lots of loud noises. And he will yell and go, I told you I'll do it another day. No, no, it's all right. I'll have to do it by myself. And then in the end, he gets so infuriated with me, carrying on like a pork chop. He comes in, he goes, I knew this would happen. This is why I hate going to Ikea. But what does it mean? A flat pack. God gives you a flat pack. And we go, God, I saw in the showroom the promise. And it doesn't look like this. And God goes, yes, it does. You go, no, it doesn't. No, yes, it does. No, God, it doesn't. There are bits. And I don't know where they go. We're called to take territory, my friends. We're called to keep outworking the promises and the plans God has got for us. And, you know, I remember even doing that. We've got to understand God goes, it looks exactly the same. You see, we're looking at the same things sometimes, but God has given it to us in pieces to put it together. We're called to take territory. It's just part of the mandate we are called to do. So get used to flat packs. That's how God works quite often. Okay, third thing is this. Worship team, why don't you come and join me? If you want to have a spirit of conquest, we've also got to understand, let's not just pray for challenges to be removed. Let's pray for courage to overcome. You know, so often we're just saying, God, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of this hardship. Get rid of this burden. Get rid of this thing. And you know what he did with Joshua? I love that. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, Joshua. You're going to have some big battles on your hands. But be bold and courageous, for I am with you. Now, I want to encourage you today. When an obstacle arises, it doesn't mean that God is against us. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to prove himself with us in that situation. Maybe there's some challenges facing you today. And rather than going, God, I just, I can't. I can't deal with that. 
I can't have faith for that. I can't believe in that area. God's saying, come on, have courage and actually overcome in this area. It's such a powerful thing if we actually understand we can have courage to overcome. And you know what? Courage is a choice. I've never felt courageous, but you do it anyway. And so often in my life, there have been times you go, God, just get rid of that. When we had a flood, God, I can't deal with it. And what he's saying is, Joe, now it's time to be bold and courageous because you understand I'm with you and there's still a promise to take hold of. You know, uh, we did have a flood and I don't know if Paul shared that. Did he share a bit about the flood? When... But in 2011, we had a flood that destroyed our building and uh, literally came in about a metre of water came through. It was an old building and it destroyed. It got through everything. And uh, for about 12 months, we became these spiritual refugees and every week, sometimes Saturday night, we'd be, hey, we're here today, church, texting the church. And sometimes we'd be at a comedy club and black cloth would cover a lot of things in a comedy club, inappropriate things. We had black cloth everywhere. Ooh, that's you, cover that, cover that. And, you know, we actually personally got so discouraged. People sort of fled. They just didn't know what was going on. There was uncertainty in the church. We didn't know we were struggling financially because now we're paying thousands upon thousands of dollars while we're trying to navigate an insurance claim in that process as well, which took probably 12 months for our insurance claim to come through. And we're trying to find, you know, 15, 20,000 a Sunday just to pay to hire a venue because Brisbane's very limited with some of the venues it has. So we're navigating this, trying to be positive and you know, encouraging to the people who are going through their own journey. A lot of the people in our church have lost their own homes. And I remember one night Paul goes, I'm going to call the leaders together. And uh, he goes, I don't know what I'm going to say. I've got nothing. And I'm like, well, you better get something. You know, your wife's telling you like, you're a man of God, just do something. And he's like, I've got nothing. And we were just broken ourselves. We were just like, we don't know what to do. And I remember he went for a walk, and that's Paul's place of strength and where God equips him. And he came back, goes, get in the car, we're going to go to our leaders' meeting. And I remember it's probably a gathering like this, and we're in the Greek club that night. I always remember we're in the Greek club, you know, oopa, you know. <laughs> and as we, he began to share the worship, we just had a bit of worship. And he goes, church, something came on Paul that I'd never seen before. The Spirit of God came. And boldness and courage in a way I'd never seen before. And he got up. He goes, church, we are not a refugee church. Church, we are not a church without a home. Church, we're not a broken church. We're not a church that has no place anymore. And he said this statement that could only have been inspired by God himself. He says, we are a church on the move. We're moving places that we never thought we'd go. We're taking territory that we would never have taken territory before. And he began to prophesy something into the life and the soul of our church. What was that moment? Courage, boldness, making a declaration. God is with us in this season, even though the season hasn't changed. And in that moment, as he began to declare, we'd go, yeah. We're in a new venue this week because we're a church on the move. You see, the seasons may not change, but can I encourage you today? Don't always pray for the obstacle to go away. 
Maybe it's time for something to happen in your spirit and go, you know what? We will overcome. We will triumph. We will break through. We will see our kids come back to Jesus. We will see that financial breakthrough. We will see jobs where people have said there are no jobs available. We will buy our house even though it seems impossible. Whatever it is, can I tell you today, we need to be bold and courageous. Not because we're doing it in our own strength, but God is with us. He is with us. Can I encourage you today, church? It's time to have a spirit of conquest, to lay hold of all that God has got for us. We're not in the wilderness anymore. We're taking territory for God. Amen. Why don't you stand in this place? We're going to pray today. Why don't you just raise your hands to heaven right now? Holy Spirit, I just pray. You come and minister to your people this morning. Oh, I just sense there's some shifting that's taking place. God's moving you out of some mindsets that you've been locked into. <laughs> and maybe the season hasn't changed yet, but God's changing you right now. So Lord, I declare over this church that it would be a season that they would rise up in conquest, Lord God. Whatever obstacles and barriers have been up against them, they would stand and literally go, no, no, I'm going to be bold and courageous because the Lord thy God is with me. And I declare over people's lives that they would rise up, Lord God, rise up. They would take territory where things have been difficult and challenges have been impossible, there would be a rising up to step into the very fullness that you have for them, Lord God. And I declare we release right now a spirit of conquest over this church. Lord, the best days, the greatest days, we thank you right now. Just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you just want to say, you know what, I am in a season right now and it's been really challenging. And I've really lost sight of maybe the promises of God for this season. I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you right now. Awesome. Lord God, I pray over every person right now. Refine the purpose. Refocus the promise right now. Lord, I just pray that they would see you so clearly in this season. Let the circumstances and the season not overwhelm them, Lord God but they would see you in the midst and they would hold strong to that, Lord God. And they would declare the promises and the purposes of God in their life. We do pray for that right now, Lord God. Eyes to see, eyes to see, faith to release right now the promises of God for their life. Lord, we just thank you in your precious name. Lord, I pray a blessing today upon every person as they step into a spirit of conquest to take their territory for you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just put our hands together and thank Pastor Joe. It's great. So good. So good. Hey, just while you stay standing, just uh, I don't want to finish the service. Just a few moments more, Juice. I want to make sure we give an opportunity for people to receive Christ here today. Maybe you've come here for the first time. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while, but you've never actually given your life to Christ. You know, the Bible talks about how God's Spirit knocks on the door of our heart. And if we would open that door, He would come and He won't push His way in. 
but he will come in if we were to invite him in. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, maybe you've never fully handed your life over to him. Friend, I want to tell you, we are not saved because we give our life. We are saved because he gave his life. Come on. He gave his life for us that we can know him today. And he would knock and, and, and come in if we would open that door. If you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come in. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. If you want to be included in that prayer, I'm going to, in a moment, count to three and ask you to put your hand up and say, include me in that prayer, Pastor. And then we will all together pray that prayer. So every head bowed and every eye closed. Remember, this is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. He loves you for God so loved the world that He gave His life for you, for whoever would believeth in Him. So if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. Just say, Pastor, would you include me in that prayer? One, Jesus loves you. Two, this is the day of your salvation. And three, I need to get right with God here today. Is there anyone here? Thank you. Thank you, down the back. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? You know you need to get right. Thank you. Over here to the side. Anyone else? Just nice and high so I can see it. All right, let's pray together with those who put their hand up. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I invite you in to my heart to be King of my life, Lord of my life, not just my Savior, but my Lord. I would ask you to cleanse me, wash me of my sin, and make me whole. This I ask in Jesus' name.